I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. Welcome, welcome. This is Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself. And you've just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. And today, I have one, I guess, a, a legend when it comes to this podcast, someone who was my first guest. They, she came and she graced me with her intelligence, so I had to bring her back. But you know, why I know you're asking, why haven't I had her back? It's been a while. This is your first. You would thought you would have had her back sooner. You know, baby girl, on the, you know some real big things. You're doing some great things right now. You know, so I definitely want, would love if y'all go back and check out our uh, chivalry chivalry episode. Is it uh, deceased or obsolete? definitely checked it out she had a lot of great great things to say and i know she's gonna have even more to say on today's episode everyone everyone welcome alexa heard how you feeling i'm feeling great especially since you know rodney gave me this excellent intro <laughs> i try my best i try my best yes yes um so what are we talking about today essentially we are in the last days of the shortest month of the year and also Black History Month. I always thought that was kind of weird that that was the shortest month of the year, by the way. But I, I, I've read in places, and you tell me what, you, what you've seen, like that they chose this month because of, I think Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass was born in this month. And they said that's why they chose yeah. this month. You know, air quotes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I know to be true, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I take that for now. You know, I think it maybe was an afterthought to, you know, put all these other holidays in the midst of, it. you know, with Valentine's Day being a major holiday and President's Day being a day people get off of work, you know, all the hoopla. And see, that's the other thing, too. They just made President's Day in February because Abraham Lincoln had his own day. And they were like, nah, we just got to make that President's Day. Oh, see, I never knew that. No, I ain't never knew that. Because, see, you can't ha everybody can't have their own day because that's just too much. You're right. But it is, you know, it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. But I do want to start off by, you know, uh, the reason why, you know, I, I wanted to bring you back because you, you, you majored in history in school. I was always, y'all, I'm talking about every time I was running into her. She always either had books in her hand. She was on the way to the library, coming from the library, about to go to the library. She was always in her studies. And I, I would always get something fresh and new. And when it came to planning out episodes, you know, I was talking to my best friend, uh, Juwanza, and we were sitting there and I thought about, we brought up Alexa's name, like, damn, we need to talk to her. I already done, you know, I remember mentioning to you uh, probably like a month ago about like, I gotta get you back. I gotta, we gotta figure out a way to get you back to, you know, bring you back to the show. And, um, 
and it, when I talked to Juwan's, it came to me like, oh, I remember that little project they did about, you know, little known facts about, you know, what do we know about us? So I'm like, this would be a perfect way to close Black History Month. I haven't did an episode essentially, you know, too much on black, black history. I've done a, you know, episode on kind of his, just immigrant history, you know, this month when I go to, go back to Africa episode, but I haven't, you know, centered in on, you know, on, on us, you know, on what we got going on, which I feel like would be a perfect time and a good way to wrap up this month and go out on good spirits and just kind of, you know, really bring home that message of actually getting to know and learning your own history. So I want to ask you, just to jump into this nice little known fact conversation is what do you know about uh Henrietta Lex? Um actually I'm know I'm learned a little bit more about her in recent years. Like I know um in a few weeks actually the movie that Oprah and HBO made about Henrietta Lex based off of the book that was written about her is actually gonna premiere. Mm. See that's 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 lit. Like I, I seen that um actually like um in the group me that i'm in um here in chicago with a few uh few friends of mine uh we started doing they like all of a sudden was like let's do black history facts like every day in the group me like somebody just put one in there and you know that was right up my alley so i'm like oh yeah i'm, I'm about to really be in this bitch trying to you know school the homies and shit <laughs> so i like one day you know a lot of them i was just you know it was like my some of my favorite things that i like to you know tell people about when it comes to just black history you know just to explain things to them um and this one came about like when i was just sitting there thinking like what would be a good one and this one came up and as i was like you know googling just try to get my you know words together so i can compose a you know a factual you know text to put in the group me i seen that you know movie you know movie coming soon and movie opening and you know this one this many months and i'm like whoa oh this lit like her story needs mm-hmm. to be told. And I know I'm teasing y'all because y'all are sitting here like, who the hell is Henrietta Lacks? And if you haven't already, you know, launched out, pressed that, you know, pressed that double button on your home screen and Google her name, I can tell you a little bit. So, Henrietta Lacks was born in 1920, August 1st, and African American woman. And what's crazy about it is she isn't a historical she doesn't have this historical significance only because of the life that she lived but more so the life that she essentially lost and mm-hmm. her sales were essentially like the first immortal cultured sales ever it was essentially like a really extreme advancement in, in just in science in general and when you talk, when I'm talking about immortal cells, it means she had she died of uh, cervical cancer. She had a tumor that they removed, and from this tumor, there were cells that just never seemed to you know to die. They never just they kept growing, they kept going. So they thought like, okay, so let's harvest this, let's culture this, let's study this, and let's keep maintaining and seeing how much we can kind of learn from these types of cells that seem to not die. And they essentially it's, it's crazy when I think about it they didn't ask her permission to do this they didn't ask her family's permission to do this and there was actually a book written about her talking about you know her immortal life um, and these immortal cells that she has and literally these people have these scientists and still to this day her cells are still used for 
study for like scientific study and advances and it's some major shit she done came in like the list of things is just ridiculous from with her cells they figured out the, they kind of got the first findings to get to the polio vaccine they shot her cells in space just to see how you know humans could survive in you know in zero gravity you know uh talking about from gene mapping cloning it was so many different things and it literally them discovering that this is a something that can be cultured and definitely duplicated it's going to be other you know examples of this in other people of course she literally initiated a million dollar industry and i know you're thinking like damn her folks don't know so so i'm assuming you know eventually they made do they finally told them and gave them some money nope that's not how the story goes it's not like that their her family still to this day is fighting to get that that like you know those reparations from what they stole because they didn't ask for these sales they didn't ask for her, you know her body she didn't ask for her body to be donated to science in any form or fashion and they have utilized her cells still to this day and it's literally a gold mine and has still been making money and still been making money and literally being sold here and here and here and here just for people to be able to study and grow their own research what do you think about that what do you think about that like that is a I know history can be fucked up but that is like damn I mean what happened to Henrietta Lacks honestly is horrible and what's even worse is that to my understanding I think um, the medical community that basically stole her genetic material did attempt to go back to her family after she passed away from cervical cancer and you know her family like many poor African Americans in the South, you know, have very little education, didn't understand the legal paperwork that was put in front of them, and I think they signed their rights away to the genetic material, mm. but I think they've been fighting the validity of that contract for years because, like, you know, they didn't really know what they were signing, you know, they had no idea what had really happened, and then those people had already been using their mother's and they're like his that man's wife's genetic material for years by the time they asked anyway mm. so you know black people have a very long and uncomfortable and checkered past with the medical community from tuskegee to henrietta Lacks to numerous other examples like the medical community and black people don't exactly have a great relationship anyway so and, and like it's the crazy thing to me is the crazy thing to me is is that like we really should like we you know from a standpoint of just culturally how kind of about the earth that you know our ancestors are and about healing and about just you know just being very centered and healthy and getting things from the earth to heal your you know any type of ailments that you have it's crazy because you would think it would be so second nature and i think we have that in a lot of ways and you know like in our grandmothers and all these old remedies and things like that that keep us you know have this sense of you know wellness and i'm glad now that mm -hmm. there's so many people who are kind of pushing that same uh i guess uh mindset and agenda and focus and they're creating platforms saying you know black people need to understand their wellness black people need to understand what they're eating not just because the food is fake but this is really we're being affected by it the most you know we're the yeah. ones getting the most diabetes high blood pressure all these things because of the the amounts and just the abundance of food that we're consuming that is extremely bad for us you know we're definitely being targeted to not 
even understand healthy eating and wellness with it being food deserts and people not having these health food stores and people not understanding you know vitamin supplements and minerals that you need for your body on a daily day basis just understanding all of that you know i think it's a crazy thing that we that we're disconnected from but let's let's jump into it i want you to tell me because before i you know as we were playing as i was playing this uh, episode i wanted you know her to bring in some of her favorite facts and i got you know i compiled two of you know some that i just kind of researched as well and so let me know what's your fact number one <laughs> well um my fact number one is actually about a very well-known figure, but this figure, like, you know, this is an historical hot take. Um, I love it. <laughs> like, you know how sports people give, like, you know, hot takes yeah. about the yeah. historical hot take that this figure is not only the most, probably the, the most important African-American leader of all time, I would say it's the greatest American hero of all time. And um, that's Harriet Tubman. And the fact that I have about Harriet Tubman is that throughout her great deeds as a conductor on the Underground Railroad, she suffered from narcoleptic episodes and severe seizures and headaches throughout the basically her entire life. Mm. So while this woman is, you know, conduct, you know, under threat of death, has a bounty on her head, is conducting. Um, you know, helping free hundreds of slaves walking on foot from places like Maryland, Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi to Canada because after 1850 and the Fugitive Slave Act, she rerouted the Underground Railroad from Philadelphia and New York all the way to Toronto and Ontario. Mm. Because after the Fugitive Slave Act, you could recapture freed slaves in the North and take them back to the South. So she just circumvented all of that by going to Canada. Oh my God. Oh my God. You so know, just while having narcolepsy. Oh my God. Narcolepsy? I couldn't I can't imagine her being the type to like, you know, just fall asleep at any moment. Like that's what's crazy. So like I imagine I imagine her to be very that she got very strategic on kind of like when she decided to rest and when she decided to uh move you know because that's crazy oh my god but it she had to be like like Harriet Tubman was also a spy for the Union Army <laughs> during the Civil War that's so cold Actually, um, when she died in in the twentieth century, after the turn of the century, she, um, you know, she was buried with honors, with military honors. Oh my God! Now, see, like stuff like this is, I, I always, because I mean, you you're from the South too, and you tell me if you got something different from your, you know, your elementary school, but I didn't get things like this. Like the school I went to, and all the all of you know my you know education was never in any way, shape, or form you know this informative. Because what you're saying ain't even like too bad for children to hear. You know, it's not even like this mm -hmm. fact is like you know gruesome or whatever it is. You're literally just giving a whole story of a person and what they went through when they went through it. So. Tell me, like, what was your, like, did you get something like this from, you know, um, 
from school or was it kind of like you're just your own interest at home? I mean, this is like my own interest in history. I know, but I've, I've had the same conversation with other people about history is oftentimes broad strokes when you're at school. Just very broad strokes and you don't get details. And sometimes those details leave out the nuances that are so important about history. Mm-hmm. Because these are the little details about Harriet Tubman's life that really point out the fact that her accomplishments are unparalleled by anybody else, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like these these small details about her life, about physical struggles, about like her just who she was as a person, leave out all this coloring about who she was that make it more than like grand. The fact that like she should be on Harriet Tubman should have been on a twenty dollar bill, honestly, a long time ago. By she should have been on this. Like, that's why I feel like it's not a bold statement to say that she's the greatest American hero of all time. Mm. Because who's really a better American hero? Whose life was a better embodiment of what freedom and justice and liberty is supposed to be? Girl, when you say hot take, that is a hot take. And I will add to your hot take by saying that I remember I was just like contemplating. I sat there and I thought like, this new rhetoric that a lot of people are giving now about, you know, how like a lot of people are astonished, you know, when like Colin Kaepernick, the Colin Kaepernick thing happened and all these things that have happened in the near, you know, in the recent, uh, in recent events, a lot of people, you know, a lot of our counterparts with kind of, you know, Americans are saying, Oh my God, we didn't know that, you know, black people weren't this patriotic and didn't love, you know, the flag and, and all these different things. Right. And, and I, and I feel like we have our own reasons for all those things. But when I think about history and the things that I've read and the things that I've seen, and just when you think about it, just from a whole grand, just if you just add it all up and just put it on the board, black people, and it's a hot take, y'all, get ready for it, are probably the most <laughs> American just from the history based of us coming to this place. Like yes. we were not even, yes. we didn't even choose to be here, but we've fought in every war willingly and exactly. volunteering to fight in every war. Uh, we've freed people as an example from Harriet Tubman and so many others who've assisted with that. We've revolted against um, tyranny in any shape or form, which is something that America definitely upholds. We didn't side with, you know, anyone who seemed to be very tyrannical and be very, you know, just oppressive as hell. We always pushed back at almost every point. People were the first point. people to say Hitler was dangerous. Look at that. Look at that. Like, look at that. Black people were like, I don't know. I feel like the person coming after the Jewish people probably is the same. Like, like. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy that we are the ones who are, you know, seen as, like, least patriotic when it's kind of like we stayed, <clears throat> we stayed here. Like, when we stayed here and we made shit work, we said we're going to move to places, we're going to establish ourselves, we're just going to deal with this situation. Slavery is over. You know, we can't, it's been so many, it's been centuries. We can't go back and be our ancestors because we're not our ancestors. You know, like, we can't just get on a fucking boat and go back somewhere, you know, because we don't even, we've lost that connection. We've like been so, you know, displaced from our family and what we know. And we may have a little, you know, 
a good little bit of handful of our own you know previous culture within us but we it wouldn't feel right like I, I was born here like this is all I know you know the skills that I've learned are something that I know I can do here and probably teach other people to do so it's kind of like when you're talking about that bootstrap shit when you're talking about American dream and all that nonsense and just patriotism and just going with the flow and being very uh, kind of just determined and going through all types of adversities all that shit and also being very good to your brother and equal and all that shit too we've been good we ain't never had no we ain't never had no official large mounted hate groups being organized when we had all the rights to create them <laughs> and we literally just minded our own damn business and was like you know leave us alone but this is the world we live in and like like you just said alexa black people would have wants to point out that hitler was a terrible person what black people saying about our president now uh, <laughs> nobody ever wants to listen to us. <laughs> nobody. I mean, they, 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 they starting to try to, you know, wake up a little bit, but it still ain't. It's kind of too late, and also, it's kind of like, okay, oh well, type of thing. So I think this is. Wait, actually, this is one thing that I did want to be known about Harriet Tubman, though, mm -hmm. is that she met the um, the revolutionary Jim Brown. And he met with her and wanted her to be one of his generals in his army in this revolt that he wanted to make against slavery. And she supported his idea of all the rebellion against slavery. And after he was killed, she called him a martyr. Oh, for real? And yeah, and I just, I just wanted to be known that Harriet was really about their life. <laughs> like she led a regiment during the Civil War and like, freed some slaves, 600 slaves herself with her regiment. She was really about that action. And it's important to know that like a lot of our predecessors and forefathers really were all like believed in that idea with the founding fathers of that they were not going to take this by lying down. That sometimes there was revolution, sometimes there wasn't a call for peace anymore. Like we can try to work this out, but look. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I like to share, you know, my fact that I found out, you know, and I just I was using my nice handy dandy Googles and um, mm -hmm. and like I was like, I've seen a lot of things, you know, I, I've seen a lot of cool facts. So I really wanted to make sure I found something that I'd never even heard of and to look up into and to share with other people because it's like I haven't heard of it. You might not have came across it. So let's get to talking about that. And it's mm -hmm. a gentleman by the name of Benjamin T. Montgomery. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, I don't think so. Well, he was uh, very well known. He was an inventor. He was a landowner and a freed man. Essentially, this man was, uh, he was a slave on the Davis Bend Plantation, which I, be which I believe was uh, in Virginia. Um, and this man in, in like, right of course like directly after um the civil war actually bought his the land that he used to be a slave for like he bought the plantation himself and essentially it was uh it was so many conflicts that were going on within uh like 1862 with the davis Bend family and 
essentially uh they it was like conflicts with the civil war all these type of things and they essentially left it and they left it to him just to control he essentially kind of you know got all you know took care of it for so long after the civil war you know how many you know slave owners were just shook up and shit like that and broke as fuck or just lost a lot of resources and all these different types of things and they were just tired out and also they can't have fucking slaves anymore so some people actually just like threw in the fucking towel and just tried to start from scratch doing something else so for them to get money so for him to get money he actually uh the his joseph davis the plantation owner sold him the plantation and uh for around three hundred thousand dollars and this is in 1866 when this happened and that shit is mad ridiculous but it seemed to you know be a very very beautiful thing it definitely opened up so much and he got to create so much from doing these things like he created his own like from this money that he got from this plantation which was a cotton plantation and it became one of the largest cotton plantations um and it, actually it was uh actually in mississippi not virginia i read that wrong and literally created general stores and he he was doing all these dope ass things and essentially kind of like uh, try to you know try to provide little things for you know for free slaves and try to give people work and have some you know some sharecropping going on it was very very damn dope but it seems like uh seems like the story ends very terribly because as he was trying to do all these types of things um a like real bad flood happened and he like couldn't make the payments on this loan that he got to pay for the farm and he lost the farm and it went right back to the family. And the reason why I chose this fact is just to say, you know, uh, cause I've always, you know, heard that kind of like 40 acres in a mule type of story. And you know, where it comes, you know, buy land, buy your land, buy your land. I feel like take this as a lesson of, you know, yes, own things, buy land, do all those things. But also, don't forget where you are. Don't forget where we are. Don't forget how, you know, how laws work. And make sure you are thorough, thorough, thorough when it comes to the ownership of mm. your things. Because if you're doing something that's great or impeding on any type of, you know, economic advance, advancement on the other side, trust me, they will do whatever it takes to stop you. You know, and I've seen it time after time with black farmers in the South, all these type of things where they're like doing well, their their crops are doing better than everyone else. And if you watch Queen Sugar, I don't know if you watch Queen Sugar, we literally see mm -hmm. this illustrated on television where, you know, that kind of conflict within agriculture and how the lacking of, you know, there's a lack of black farmers now, how that is a real true thing. like. And that ownership, when it comes to ownership of the land and all these different things, people are, are trying to, they know what this asset means. They know how powerful this is. And they know how landowners have so much power just in controlling, you know, the spaces that they live in. But we have to make sure we have the knowledge to the full capacity 
and that we can, you know, be organized enough to take care of business. You understand? Like, I can only imagine if there was a probably like an insurance uh, situation that, you know, Mr. Montgomery has, if he had that set up, that he could have probably salvaged something. He probably, he might have been able to kind of, you know, get something together just to keep up with his things, but who knows? So, Alexa, what's your second fact? Um, so my second fact is kind of similar in the sense that it's a big year. Um, before there was Du Bois and Booker T. Washington and this other great, you know, intellectual black thought that comes out of the post-Civil War era, there was Anna Julia Cooper. Um, Anna Julia Cooper was born in Raleigh in 1958, and she was an author, an educator, and a speaker and a very prominent African-American scholar in the United States in the late 1800s. And she was a black woman who had a PhD in history, and she wrote this amazing book called A Black Woman, Voice from the South from a Black Woman in the South. And it tackles these ideas of not just black women's place in the country, but black women's place in the black community about black women in education black people in education and black female political power and the, these amazing radical ideas that still don't seem to come across today about intersectionality and how um, black she was talking about that back are then? part of the key. Yes, yes. She was oh talking God. about the cross-section of what it is to be black and to be a woman and how that is a unique position in this country and how we have not listened to black women. She's saying this in 1892 that we're not listening to black women and that we should be. Mmm, message. Continue, continue. She's, hmm. Like she's making this case for black women to be educated. She pats, you know, she makes this um, claim about how, you know, Atlanta University and Fisk and Hampton and Howard are making these amazing strides. She's like, keep women at these schools. <laughs> and She's like, you know, this is a bit of a problem. She talks about how black women are the key to the uplift to the race, that you can only uplift the race from within it, and that too many um, black men are trying to seek us outside of the race to uplift it when the key is to help black women. Mm. That if you educate black women, you'll educate, an you'll educate generations. That where a black woman goes, she carries with her the entirety of all of us. And that's so deep, but so simple from a standpoint of I, I, I haven't read, you know, her works, but I definitely want to even more now. Um, but just from a standpoint of just how everything, the life of, you know, just the life of blackness comes out of, you know, black women's womb. And so the things that she puts into her mind, the things that, you know, the attributes that she takes on to herself, as well as what she puts onto her offspring as in the things that she's learned her different types of teachings her just principles of life all of that is a foundation just to make you a solid ass black individual you know like if she's extremely educated extremely well put together and we see this we see this like it's no surprise that you know people like you know tina you know miss tina and Beyonce and Solange mm -hmm. are so damn sharp, you know? And mm -hmm. because of the experiences that, you know, Miss Tina went through, 
and all these different things and it goes on and on and on with all these like great you know mothers that we you know that we know and our own mothers that we know who kind of you know put this in us and put these certain little principles that have really pushed us forward and pushed us really heavy you know shout out shout out to my moms you know i think uh that's a really really vital thing and also i think we show proof in that almost in ways when it comes to you know how so many you know single mothers are you know within mm. the black community and the fact of the matter is that you know it's hard things are you know rocky they should they don't have to be that way but the crazy part about it there's a lot of people i know who have became very successful from those types of situations you know um mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's kind of like to not have a father figure around for a majority of your life and you are a very straight narrow got your head on your shoulders you making moves you doing things and you doing it all for mama you know i think there's something to be said about that you know i think you know your mother is that foundation and and essentially kind of that everything like a, a large part of what you need just growing up like that is one of the largest parts of what you need and i would like to even you know another hot take another historical hot take like to just put in there that a father really is just kind of like a sense of balance a sense of kind of like a rebound man in a sense like just Get, making sure everything's smoothed out. Your mama building up the house, making sure it's all good, and Pop's just going to come through and sand the walls, paint them, you know? Keep, you know, just make it look make it look pretty. Just kind of clean it up, clean clean it up a little bit because mama going to build you up because mama going to love you no matter what. You can come, grow up to be an ugly-ass house, and your mom's going to stand by you no matter what, you know? Okay, so proud. So proud, no matter if you literally are a Jeffrey goddamn Dahmer, she's like, that's my boy and i love him so can, does he have to, can we just you know can he like just let let him just come to me he can just put him on house arrest and okay. i'll take care yeah, of him he, he doesn't me. have to it, he didn't mean to do none of those things i'm sorry to all the families i don't want to sound insensitive but he just he's just a sensitive boy he just has issues you know i think <laughs> that motherly thing is a beautiful thing and it's, it's something that you don't see often in like black, but the thing about it, about black mothers is that they only gonna take so much. Like I've seen that, you know, that very motherly, you know, my, it ain't my boy type of thing, but also I've seen that, that switch too, to like, no, you need to learn a lesson. I'm gonna let your ass go to jail cause you really been fucking up. You know, like you really just mm -hmm. been on some shit. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes that helps, sometimes it doesn't depending on the situation and if it's actually deserving, but I think that's an interesting thing just to see the very vast dynamics but also communal dynamic that black mothers bring to the community just in general you know everybody can say these things about you know what their mama did and everybody can relate you know like that's a beautiful thing sure. but miss uh miss julia she had she she was on to something and it's sad that you know all the way you know right before the turn of the century that you know that this was said and this could have, you know, really set a president to really shake and move. And it probably inspired a lot of people, but not enough. It definitely didn't inspire any men. And that's one thing I've been pushing, gonna push a lot, you know, this year is that men need to read works from women as all also support the things that women, black women are doing right now. You know, don't, don't think, of, I agree. don't think of black girl marriage to be this very kind of one-sided thing, like a girl's club that you can't get into, but it's, that's fine. 
you got what you got you have your own things but praise them for what they have they need that they need all that you know so let's praise them and also let's look up to them for inspiration you know if you're sitting here if you are if you're sitting here and you're a man and you study in film and you're over here like man i mean you really ain't that many you know dudes look up to you know it ain't really too many black men out here who are just like outstanding just always putting out dope work and young and whatever whatever right and but i'm you like but you got Issa ray you know you got you got all these people and it's kind of like you got these people who are moving making power moves and we can't sit here and not see that as a win for the for the culture you know we, we can't see that as a win for just black women it's 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 a it's a relatable thing yes but the fact that she just did that just opened up doors for everyone not just black women i think men have to be able to see that too like men have to be able to be like you know what we actually got a lot of badass women in this world and we need to just give them props like give it up like real shit like don't don't get out your you know get out your bag of misogyny stop feeling on yourself <laughs> you know and give it up oprah is the richest black person as of right now in america and the, the and just she just got surpassed by a nigerian woman for just richest black woman in the world so let's give it up they're out here doing things they have they're out here moving they're the most educated demographic they're moving up to all these you know c-level c-level positions with all types of power so brothers 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 if you want to get anywhere in the future i believe pharrell said it the best that the future is going like in 40 years the world's going to be ran by black women and millennials get with it and he was like i'm here for it so i'm just i'm i'm already there it is what it is so we got to understand that protect our women give them all the things they need to flourish and trust me they're gonna take care of everything else they're gonna take care of us they're gonna make sure we in line because it, it ain't nothing like a black woman to tell a man that you ain't on your shit <laughs> <laughs> that always no, they always good. snap you back <laughs> given the Anna Julia Cooper thought because like she makes this whole claim in her like in the beginning of her book about how white supremacy one of the main tenets to it is like protecting white womanhood that if you like that's the entire reason why like there's there were laws saying black people white people could not get married because you were terrified that black men would start marrying white women and they'd have mixed babies and then white people would die out which is the fear now yeah it's but definitely like she's a fear. talking about how black men should protect black women that it's important that black men protect black women even if they don't think they're cute <laughs> like she talks about that Damn. about how gallantry has to be has to extend to women who you don't even aesthetically appreciate that meant we need men who can be fathers, brothers, and friends to weak, struggling, unshielded girls, and that we need to promote women so that they can help lend a lending hand to a fallen or a falling sister. That is so real. And that, that is when so we real. raise our children, we make sure that our boys, like, that they not only have their strengths, but that they have a tenderness, and that, like, when we raise our girls, they don't also have, like, the goodness and patience we try to instill in girls but also that they have a self-reliance yes yes <sighs> that like we should raise whole children is it like a very profound thought that like we're still having a problem with in 2017 still having a problem with and so 
many decades later. And, and that's a very real thing. Like, we have to protect them. We can't always be the ones, like black men especially, can't always be the ones to jump to conclusions and not, you know, look out. Like, we gotta protect, we gotta protect women, you know? Like, the fact that domestic violence is a thing, whatever happened to, you know, going to get your, you know, your cousin and, and shit like that and whooping some ass and really discouraging this type of mm. actions. And like, just when we finding out, like, you know, this whole like Karuchi and, um, Chris Brown's situation where she finally comes out and says that Chris Brown has been hitting her too. He's been violent with her too. And now it all makes sense. He hasn't changed a bit. Now it makes sense why he's stalking her and why he why he for so long still hasn't been over her and why when they first, you know, broke up he was, you know, showing up where she was at. And it's kind of like, oh, you think he's just gonna show up just to talk? You can talk on the phone. You know, anybody who's going out, uh, you know, going out their way to make sure they are where you are, they might be ready to yoke you up, you know? And true. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are not going to her aid in any way, shape, or form. They're not, they're literally just saying, you know, well, why she just now saying something? Or that, I mean, she knew he was uh, that type of dude, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, they, 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 mm-hmm. they putting the blame on the victim as they do with all these situations. It's always this. And that's why I remember me and Juwanza talk about it all the time when it comes to that whole Nate Parker situation and how there's so many people within the conscious community who feel like, you know, the movie flopped because they kind of wanted the movie to flop because, you know, these rape allegations, or not even rape allegations, but his previous rape allegations and just how so many people are like, man, can a man just, you know, ever not be guilty? Like, like get over it and, you know, he got acquitted or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, all of the people who are involved in this are missing the point. Even Nate Parker. Like, bro, you got a rape charge on you. And that's something that's going to carry with you all of your life. And if you don't get in front of that yourself and say that this is not how these things happen. And the matter of fact, I'm going to show you that I'm not again, I'm not for this in any way, shape or form. I started a foundation for battered women and rape and, you know, and sexual assaulted victims. Exactly. You got to get on. You got to like you got to get in front of stuff like that. You can't Further. you can't sit here and go and on. Don't a pe- write a rape scene. Like, don't and write a rape scene if you've been accused of raping somebody. Let's just start with that. <laughs> And that's my biggest thing. It's like we, you, you, you fabricated and you put, you wrote a story, and you had, you made it, you made it your business to include that part of it just because that's a, you know, was a vile thing. One of the, one of the many vile things that happened during slavery that we already, of course, know. We don't need a visual of that. That's very triggering, you know. And we don't like, bro. Come on, now you want to run, you know. You from a creative perspective that tells you how much that situation in your life which was an extreme situation which really could have changed your fucking life was so out of your mind when it came to you writing that script and approving this script and approving these things like what the fuck you know <laughs> like this is crazy no that's what i thought like what were you thinking like bro they of course they're gonna eat your ass alive they are gonna exactly. eat you alive and and it's like, like you should have known better. Why did you do that? Yeah, and I was rooting for him. I was really, really rooting for the movie because off the strength of just, I liked how you know it looked. I thought his accent was kind of you know was kind of straight, um, and just uh just in general, I knew this you know the story was you know a great one to be told and a very liberating thing, but just after the fact, it's kind of like damn, bro, like. You really didn't come through like you needed to. 
And that's cool. And I cool. think the other telling thing about that has been how, look how black men who were angry at black women about uh, Birth of a Nation have reacted to Moonlight and Hidden Figures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's real. That's And I think Hidden Figures is an uh, interesting one, too. I, I think... Uh, it deserves all the things they deserves for sure, and it's a definitely historical, historical, historical film. Just in its matter of just content and all the people that are involved in it, the fact that it's an independent film, it's very historical. But to keep on the track of talking about women, my last fact, my last fact is actually um, kind of you know, it's actually about a woman named Big Mama Thornton. Now, this is mm. kind of like a mus- like a musical historical fact. Now, everyone knows who Elvis is. Everyone knows who Elvis is. I'm from I'm from uh, Jackson, Tennessee, about 45 minutes away from Memphis, and that's about probably like, you know, Graceland is essentially where Elvis Presley's large ass house is, which is now kind of like a tourist attraction, and Graceland is on uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard within Memphis, Tennessee, and the whole strip is essentially these Elvis, you know, themed diners and Elvis themed motels and whole lot of bullshit, right? Now, I know you're sitting here thinking like, Ronnie, oh, you don't like Elvis, huh? Well, I don't. And I think a lot of people don't understand why. And I think you gotta be, you know, a person that understands the history and understands the culture to understand that this is something that I really can't let cook like that, you know? He may have done some things to a certain degree when it comes to kind of like being of a cross, you know, kind of like a cross art, art artist, you know, artistic star from, you know, doing film and music. But let's break it down. Let's slice it up. Let's cut it up. Where does Big Mama Thornton come into this conversation? Big Mama Thornton actually popularized the song Hound Dog. You know, the song like you ain't nothing but a hound dog. That song, which is very, very popular. You probably heard it on Lilo and Stitch and a lot of other things, which she first sang, and she was essentially like a blues singer, and a lot of early female blues singers started to get this very, you know, they started to scream and yell and, you know, had this very kind of vibrato, put a lot of vibrato within their music, you know, it just as the years kind of progressed and the, the genre kind of just evolved, and they were essentially the pioneers of rock and roll. They were the first people to have these, you know, to have these guitars while they were playing the guitars, and they're wailing over these mics, and it essentially turned into what we now see as rock and roll now. Somebody with a guitar in the front, yelling over a mic. And Big Mama Thornton, they wrote a song for her specifically, and the song was, you know, it got a good little bit of hype. But Elvis Presley got that song, popularized it so everyone, when they hear it, they think Elvis first. And do you think Big Mama ever got her money? Hell no. With the, you know, the lack of, you know, internet and fact checking, and of course, the very, you know, insensitive, you know, cultures, you know, insensitivity that was a, a mist in the culture back in those days. They didn't give a damn. They took what they wanted. This was not an uncommon thing. If you were an unknown artist and you had this great song that was kind of buzzing in the streets and I got it and made it mainstream, then that's just your, you know, just cut your losses. You know what I'm saying? And if any cases, a lot of people either 
um, got paid a little bit, but they didn't receive royalties. So they just got paid a one-time fee for using the song, but they didn't get royalties for the song's uh, growing kind of just circulation. And I feel like she's very vital. People like her are very, very vital because these are the type of people that you don't talk about. When black people come at you about like how black people have created every single type of genre of music, she is one of the best examples to bring up. So when you're ever in an argument about just music and music in general and just where music comes from, trust and believe every single thing we have touched first and has been then adapted into other things you know look up watch you know cadillac records and find out that you know the rolling stones actually named their band after a muddy waters line in a song and how all these different groups like the beatles and all these different bands that were influenced very heavily by these early rock and roll jazz and blues musicians and that would tell you so much about the world and we see it now even with hip-hop sad thing to see you know it kind of you know being contorted to a very weird degree where we kind of just accepting certain things not accepting certain things and because we kind of let certain people into the culture in a way that is now people kind of think it's a free-for-all for them to just show their ass and i'm gonna I'm always stand on the side of like i'm gonna let people cook who giving me an actual you know their reality you know i don't want no post malone looking ass motherfuckers i don't want <laughs> none of that I don't give a damn if you could tap your toe to it and it sound nice and it's it's whatever. To me, bro, not being himself, I've I've looked I've looked him up. That's not how he always was. That's not where he comes from. This is you know a very good you know persona that he kind of created for himself as he started to get into his career. And I just can't be with that. I'm sorry. I'm not here for the kind of you know white chocolate as you know <laughs> rappers you know i think that is also a testament why eminem is so great because he yeah, I agree. because he his his issues and the things that he rapped about were centrally from his own ideal they were from his own culture from his own personal experience and that's why people respect him mm -hmm. and give him all his props because he not only is he a great lyricist great battle rapper but he's he's talking about you know what i'm saying like putting motherfuckers in closets and his issues with his mama. You know what I'm saying? Living in trailer parks. That is your exact thing. Don't be talking about you, you know, doing all this nonsense that you've heard somebody else say. And, you know, you just emulating and doing it in this way. And because you're a white person, you're now going to be kind of pushed to the top and given this extremely head, extremely large head start for your music to be distributed and to be so relatable. It's crazy. But. To keep it on moving, I like to, you know, uh, like to, you know, kind of like place it in a point and kind of just go into wrapping this up. I w want, you know, just everyone to understand that history is still being made and it will never stop. Like still to this day, like I want people to understand that history is extremely, extremely significant. Understand it, understand where we can go with understanding our own history. And we need to learn as much as we can, you know, find books that, you know, are just encyclopedias on these things, on black inventors and especially the black inventors. When that really will like blow your mind, how many things that black people have contributed within this country, which another thing as to my hot take, we've added so much value to this country from the things we've created first over anyone else. I'm talking about from the fucking folding chair to the ice cream scoop 
Well, how the fuck was people eating ice cream? That's without them giving us halfway a chance. You say what? And that, yeah, that's 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 literally with pushback. Like we we got pushback. We was getting just you know assisted jobs and this that and the thirds and halfway schools and had to go to school double time just to just to get you know just to be able to go into a lab and all these types of things. So it's like. Like I'm talking you can about legally read until like eight, 1870. So it's like we're doing really good. We do we did really good. But the thing about it is we have to find inspiration from our ancestors, from these people who came before us, and use those things as a reference to create a path towards our own personal success and a communal prosperity. I'm a firm believer of people, you know learning from the past, using those things from the past to push forward. And my biggest suggestion right now when it comes to just as a solution, just for, you know, utilizing history is when it comes to these times that we live in, these political times that we live in, we don't need to wait on another Martin. We don't need to wait on another Malcolm to pop up. What we need is to find the advantage that we have as a unit, as a people, because you can't cut the head off a school of fish. You mm. only can separate this body and they will only separate and form another thing but still move as a unit but a snake a snake now without his head is going to of course die but if you never know where the head is you never know where to target and and the lovely thing about today is that they're being so devalued and they're not the source and primary source of information nowadays when back in the day when the media had so much power because they controlled all these outlets and the images that you've seen and the and swayed the opinions of millions of people. Now that people feel like their opinion matters because everyone has their own, you know, uh, CNN in their pocket. And mm -hmm. they all have their own opinion. They all have their own press releases. They're ready to put out about and think pieces about whatever happens in the news. So now we're in a position where we have a lot of people actually trying to think or at least put out their opinion so that means you're not going to be swayed all the time so easily so we have to use that to our advantage we have to we have to and i want to uh close out with words from alexa i want to ask you you studied history and you're now in law school what do you want to tell the people who are listening how vital kind of just black history is and how that can be you know pushed and used in any shape or form like even if it's just how it's helped you tell the people exactly what you feel like the importance of history is of today um i, I just really love history because i think it's super important to understand uh, where you're coming from it's definitely how you can see warning signs for the future because if there's anything that's true is that history will repeat itself but history is always the last place people will go for their answers but i think history is definitely the place you should go for your answers and like world struggles but personally just like Rodney was saying earlier um, one of the things that I know is helpful for me is that that constant reminder that if ancestors can survive the middle passage they can survive hundreds of years of enslavement and the human indignity that that was and the human suffering that that was and the ancestors survived reconstruction and Jim Crow and if my grandmother saw like George Wallace standing in the schoolhouse door saying segregation now, segregation forever, but can see me go to a like a PWI law school, can, then I know then that things are possible, that change is possible, that trouble doesn't last always, that 
that there's progress in this world, that it's not always timely, but that there's progress. Mm. Well, that's, 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 ooh, that's it, that's it, girl. You, you got me on that one. It's always progress. And I would like to thank you, Alexa, 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 for giving me your time and your very busy schedule of trying to be out here changing the world and be all black excellent. Um, we definitely gonna you know keep keep talking. I've you know I'm starting to you know see that I need to always avail this platform to individuals like yourself, and I'm putting that out here right here on you know on Wax, letting it be known that. Guys, get familiar with Alexa's voice because she's going to be a force in the very near future. And she's definitely, and I'm definitely going to be one of her biggest supporters. And she's definitely going to be on here contributing all of the gems that she can drop on everybody listening. And I really appreciate it. I really do. And I, if you don't know, now you know. I actually just created my um. I was not, I was really trying to avoid not doing it because I just, you know, social media is just such a, a drag sometimes, but I created um, uh, another, uh, just a, a Instagram page for the Simply King podcast. And you can find that on Instagram right now at the Simply King pod. Um, check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Follow, follow, follow. I'm still going to be posting on Kings underscore memoirs. So that's, you know, you don't have to worry about not seeing, you know, a few things from there, but it's probably, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get professional with it, trying to get it as legit as possible. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a rebel sometimes. So I try to say, I don't need to do what everybody doing, but certain techniques are just industry standards and I can't fight that sometimes. So definitely follow check that out if you don't know now you know you can listen to simply king on everything everywhere podcasts are available from google play to soundcloud to apple the stitcher radio app the tune in radio app uh soundcloud i'm on the podcast in color directory and as well as i'm a part of a collective within a network a podcast network in chicago called the second wind collective that website is going to be up very 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 soon got some great news about that so definitely check that out and make sure you support all those things make sure you follow alexa at classically yours on twitter classically yours on twitter i love that name and support her retweet her because she always you know dropping gems and finding old stories that we gotta you know got to do nothing but look up and love and just look up our histories get to know yourself understand your own history your family history and your own just cultural history thank y'all for listening this is simply king <laughs>